Hello, welcome back to the Pro Pilot Playbook Podcast, where we each week bring you another episode with tips, tricks, hacks, and shortcuts to get you to your flying career faster and cheaper. I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. And uh, we're here this week talking about, we're going to answer a viewer question. It was a, uh, we actually did a podcast somewhat on this before, but um, we didn't answer Chad's specific question. I don't know how we did in the, in the corporate pilot podcast. I think we were talking more of like the, a day in a life of a corporate pilot versus an airline pilot or something right. like that. And we didn't actually answer this. You know, we're always har- harping on the, uh, you know, 1500 hours to get to the airlines and, um, you know, around 1400, 1450, start sending out those resumes. But yeah, um, we, we haven't really tackled this question. Right. And we love questions, by the way. So if yeah. you have any, send them in. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a question like Chad here, uh, you can email them to us at podcast at propilotplaybook.com. And uh, actually, we had one a few weeks ago where somebody sent us a audio file of yeah. the question, which we played on, on the, on the podcast. And that worked out really well. We yeah. like that. You can do that again. But anyway, uh, I don't know who wants to read this. Uh, go ahead. All right. So basically, uh, and Chad didn't mention here, uh, where he's at in his career, if he's already a pilot or not, but, uh, he states, I've been kicking around the idea of switching to a flying career and enjoy listening to your podcast each week. Thanks, Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question or two for you considering if you could consider answering how much time is typically required to get a resume looked at in the corporate world and specifically how much multi-time do they like to see? Um, so we'll, uh, we'll tackle Sorry, this man. one. Yeah. We'll tackle this one first. Yeah. I guess what I'd say to that, to, to Chad, uh, first of all is, uh, you know, I've got a lot of experience in the corporate world, a lot of experience getting hired and hiring people. Yeah. And the first thing that I'll say to that is it varies, but more importantly, the corporate pilot environment is extremely reactive instead of proactive. So That's a good way to put it. Basically, yeah. you got uh, uh, you know these smaller departments where you'll have four or five you know pilots, maybe just two pilots, depending on what it is, and they all got great jobs. Everybody's kicking back, and hiring someone is not even on their radar. It's not like an airline where they uh, where they're you know constantly looking to fill seats and constantly having retirements. This is like status quo. Everybody's happy. We're golfing. We're eating out. We're flying shiny planes. Everybody's happy. And all of a sudden, did you hear Jim got a new job? Jim went to Delta or Jim lost his medical or Jim finally decided to retire or Jim wrecked his motorcycle. Whatever (laughs) caused it, Jim left. And now all of a sudden, it's like, holy crap, what are we going to do? We got to hire someone. Yep. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute, we got to find somebody. Then we got to send them to school. That t- So it's going to take like a month to find somebody. And then we got to send them to school. That takes a whole month. And then we got to train them up to fly. So uh, in the meantime, everybody else that used to fly with Jim is flying more and they don't like that. Right. So they're like, uh, we, we got we to gotta fill this seat real quick. Or worst case, if you're in a small operation where there's just a few pilots, you might be parking the plane uh, because, you know, you don't have a, a pilot. So all of a sudden they'll go from not even on the radar to hiring to, holy crap, who do we know? Do you know someone? Right, exactly. and, uh, Sean, you know somebody? Who knows somebody? What, what about that kid that fuels planes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what you're describing is is the perfect 
example or the reason why these jobs don't end up on it being advertised. Right. These jobs are usually filled before they even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. To that point, if you're on one of these websites where they, you know, a monster.com or something like that. And I've seen them on there before some corporate pilot position advertised on monster or one of these job listings, unless like the CEO secretary took it upon herself, not secretaries anymore. They hate that now. Oh yeah. They're They're admin. Yeah. They're admin or they're office managers. Nobody's a secretary anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, the office admin took it upon herself to put that or upon, maybe she's not a, she could be he. Yeah. 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 Put it on there. Uh, there's anything advertised on like a monster.com or one of those type of websites. That's probably a really, really crappy corporate right, job right. that nobody wants. <laughs> yes. Or they're, they got a requirement because it's a big company. They have to post. It. Oh, that's a possibility. I've suppose. seen a little of that, but for 90% of cases up, right. is what he's saying is true. Right. Yeah. It's already been filled, but they got to open it up to the general public. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But so... <laughs> To answer your oh uh, another thing on your point yeah. is um, some of these things though aren't even you know by the point that point in your career when you're going after a corporate gig especially uh, one of the higher end ones you know if they have a corporate they have a flight department full of golf streams or yes. you know they got a couple jets you know these companies this is a tight knit group of guys and I've I've talked to pilots that have gone to interviews there and. and you know, they knew as soon as they walked out of the interview, they didn't have the job. And uh, I asked him, you know, what happened? And he's like, well, I could tell five minutes into the interview, these guys weren't hiring a pilot. They were hiring a golf buddy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, man, that that's the point we're at in our careers. Did, did you <laughs> yeah. not get that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people are qualified to fly a plane, but you're, you're worried about the personality of the person because sure. you spent so much time with them. And is this somebody you're going to mesh with in a small environment like a cockpit and then also basically on the road like you're on vacation with this person for right. extended periods of time? I don't know if anybody here is taking a vacation with somebody they don't like, but uh, it could ruin your trip if it's your buddy's guaranteed uh, disaster or something that you don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that. And the same thing is true in a corporate department. You want to make sure you're going to mesh with that person because that's essentially what you're doing. You're going to these places and you're staying for several days, uh, sometime a week or so with this person, and uh, you want to make sure you're going to mesh. So that's oftentimes what they're really looking at. So when you get into this, okay, what do they require? Well, that's up to each particular department. It, it's up to the experience of the captain that you're going to be flying with. It could be very low, and it's also governed by the insurance company that underwrites uh, that corporate flight department's jets. Uh, this uh, is a very difficult question to answer because when you say the corporate world, you could be talking about a right seat co-pilot job in a King Air, or you could be talking about a Falcon or a Gulfstream that crosses the pond. For DuPont or yeah, something like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Uh, it could vary from having 300 hours in a multi-engine certificate to they want you specifically typed in that Gulfstream that they fly, and they want you to have you know some experience crossing the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it varies so much. It's so hard to answer the question. But I, I would like to throw this in there. If the corporate world is where you see yourself, if you have no desire to do the airlines, you start with that King Air job. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything you get. You get in there and you start, once you're in that community, and and now you're the guy that knows the guy that knows the guy. When one of those jobs opens up, well, what about about Chad? 
he's over there flying that King Air. He's been flying that King Air for like two years now. Yeah. He's ready for a jet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to get in the community. Uh, he mentions, you know, um, uh, should you hang out at Signature and eat cookies and stuff oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to the multi engine time. Again, oh. again, the multi engine time is. It, this here is probably, you know, we've mentioned before at the airlines, it's 1,500 hours and any multi-engine time. They're taking guys with, you know, 10, 12 hours. Right. It's probably because they know one of the time you get done with your simulator, um, there's, you know, 30, 40 hours maybe in there of, of multi-engine time. So I think I did see listed one of the regional carriers was saying you, they wanted 25 hours of multi-engine time, but I don't even think that that's necessary. Uh, but in the corporate world... Yeah, they might. Uh, well, the, the king, all, that, that king air job. I mean, that's all dependent on. Yeah, yeah, that fifteen hundred hours only applies to airlines too of total time. Exactly. Level. So corporate right. is a workaround for that. You can, yeah, you. So you don't need fifteen hundred hours. That's um, going to be insurance, like you mentioned, insurance company dependent. I mean, whatever airplane you're you're going into, I would say yeah. like that king air job, that three hundred hour co-pilot to king air. Yeah, it's going to be nothing. I there's mean, a lot of good... Uh, a multi-engine uh, rating. That's that's how much multi-engine time you need. Yeah, there's a lot of good corporate jobs and props. You know, there's, like you mentioned, King Airs. There's a, another hot corporate airplane called a Pilatus. It's a single-engine uh, turboprop. Yep. Um, in, in TBM 700, 800, you can make a lot of money flying those airplanes. And those, those are single pilot. Yeah, they're single pilot. They're efficient to operate, but these are real good paying jobs, uh, you know. So uh, there's a big spectrum to get on there, but the big thing is, like we mentioned, networking. Um, uh, go to your local airport and put yourself out there. I mean, uh, I don't know where uh, Chad yeah, is Yeah, he at actually mentions, yeah, he doesn't actually mention where he's at or if, he, if he's even started flying, but he does say in the next little, his next question is, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to say networking is a big deal, <laughs> <laughs> which Mike just said. Uh, but what are some good ways of doing that? Well, Hanging out and eating cookies at Signature probably won't make you real popular. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if, you need to put yourself uh, around these people. And uh, 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 however you want to do that, I know an excellent way. Some of the fastest rising corporate pilots uh, with low time that I've seen have actually took jobs as fuelers, entry-level yep. fuelers. Yep. Or I was just about to say, you don't have to just sit there and eat the cookies for right. free. You could right. get paid to eat those cookies. Work in the FBO, <laughs> and then you're meeting everybody. Yeah, you know? so that's. You know, uh, a lot of guys that have small point Cessnas, they're always at the airport, you know, and then the corporate pilots come over and they're talking to you and you're talking to them. And, you know, next thing you know, I mean, you're just, you need to, uh, you, you need to put yourself in the environment at the airport. Right. I would say even better than the line guy is, uh, over here in Cincinnati, Lunkin airport. There's a, uh, a gentleman that works the desk, young guy. He's, uh, getting ready to take his commercial, uh, check ride his commercial pilot's license and he is the the csr the front end person at signature there yeah so he talks to i mean all the hangar tenants he knows everybody by their first name when i call over there he's like, hey sean how's it going yeah you know he knows everybody he knows what airplanes they fly he knows how much they fly and there's the transients that are coming in too this kid is in a great position i know He's going to be oh, yeah. right in a cockpit. It's going to be a home run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's an old uh, adage that says, if you sit in a barbershop long enough, you'll end up with a haircut. Yep. And that's uh, <laughs> that's exactly what you need to do here is uh, uh, you, you try to find yourself in a position where you're around people that fly and any way you can do that. 
Right. And, and you know, that, that is a, uh, a huge part of, of getting that 300 hour King air job too. Yep. Thank you for submitting the question, Chad. And if anybody else out there watching this has a question that you'd like us to answer on air, you can email us at podcast at propilotplaybook.com. That's right. Yeah. Send an email, send an audio file, send a video. We don't care. We'll, we'll post it online. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.